Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. So this morning, we're going to celebrate and honor our mothers. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to look at a mother in Scripture. And so, but here's what I want to, I want to take a time out right quick, because I know all you men in the room, you're going, well, I'm not a mom. I can check out today. I don't even have to listen, right? That's what you, that's how men are wired. But what I want you to understand is that we look at the example of this faithful mother today. Every follower of Christ and even people in the room that don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, every single person can relate to the mom that we're going to look at today. So we're going to be looking at a mother in the Old Testament. And if you've got your Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Yay! Yay! I want you to flip to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And as we turn there, I'm going to kind of give you the the condensed version of what's taking place at this point in the scripture of what we're going to read today, just so we don't have to, to read all the details. But many of you may know that Hannah was a mother who, or at the time, was not a mother, but she was a female, a lady who was unable to have children. She was married to a man by the name of Elkanah. And a whole nother message for another day, the, the, the kind of the situation that was at hand is, his Hannah was not the only wife to Elkanah. He had a second wife. He had another wife, and her name was Penina. And there was a big difference in these two wives, if you would. Penina was able to have children. Elka, or, or, uh, Hannah was not. And so Penina was one of those people that, that constantly gave Hannah a hard time for, for her inability to have children. And we even see in the scripture, the Bible said in reference to Penina and her relationship with Hannah, said that she taunted her severely just to provoke her. Like she taunted her, like she came at her making sure that she was quite aware that she could not have children. And so from Hannah's perspective, we have to understand, can you imagine all the emotions that this precious lady was, was feeling? And her inability to have children and now her, her husband's wife that continued to remind her of that and continued to tear her down as a result. And if you remember last week, we talked about James and John and you remember the, the people that wouldn't receive Jesus, they asked Jesus, hey, do you just want us to call fire down from heaven to take them all out? That's exactly how I would have responded. This would have been in one of those fire moments that we want to just take Panina out because there's no point in her being just a jerk. But that's one of those moments that, that, that God's grace is bigger. And so as we keep reading, we find out that, that as a result of all these emotions that Hannah was feeling, what you're going to see today as we read is that, that Hannah continually ran to the Lord. She continuously ran to God. And as she ran to God, she ran to him with persistency. Persistency. 
She cried out for help. She cried out for comfort. And ultimately, she cried and begged and pleaded that God would allow her to have a child. And so as we see this today, we're gonna, we fast forward and we realize that by the end of chapter one, she gives birth to a son that she names Samuel. And we're gonna talk about all of that. But this is just a 30,000 foot view of the situation that's at hand. But what I want us to do today is we're gonna look at the life of Hannah. And there are four things. And if you've been here very, if you've been here for long at all, you know that I'm not a, a point guy like point one, point two, point three, point four. But today we are. We're gonna be looking at four things that every person in the room can take when we look at this faithful life of this mother who served God and trusted God. So the first thing that I want us to look at this morning is the first thing that we'd learn from Hannah is this. Number one, when she was discouraged, when she was broken, when she was angry at her circumstances, she ran to the Lord. She ran to God every time she was faced with difficult circumstances. And so as we talked a moment ago, we can only imagine where all of her emotions were. She felt defeated she probably felt like she wasn't of value. And then she had Panina who con continuously reminded her of this. But what we see is that she ran to God in spite of her circumstances. Look in chapter one, verse 10. We see what Hannah did in, in 1 Samuel chapter one, verse 10. We read, it says, she was greatly distressed and she prayed to the Lord and she wept bitterly. So we see that when she faced these difficult moments in life, when she faced these difficult situations, she knew exactly where to run. She knew exactly where to turn. And so with that being said, I would have to pose a question and ask you a question this morning. When your circumstances get tough, when things are hard, when things are difficult, when you're walking through a, a tough season of life, where do you run? Where do you run? Do you follow the example of this precious lady, Hannah, and do you run to the Lord or do you run to all of the things that this world offers to you? Because the truth of the matter is, is when we're in these circumstances, when we're in difficult seasons, all of us desire to be comforted. We all want peace. We all want security. We all just want that glimpse of relief. But where do you run in order to find it? Do you run to the Lord or do you run to the things of this world? Because here's what I want you to listen to this morning. From experience, if you run to anything other than the Lord, it will let you down. If you run to anything but God, you will be led to disappointment. So if you're running to the things of the world, I just wanna go ahead and, and tell you not to be mean, but the very thing that you're running to, it will end up letting you down, which leads to more frustration, which leads to more discouragement, which leads to more in your mind of this idea of hopelessness. So we've gotta stop running to the things of the world. We see that the psalmist wrote about this in Psalms 46, chapter one through, or verses one through three. You don't have to turn there, but we just sang about this. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake with its swelling pride. We have to realize that God is our only safe place. He is our only refuge. He is our only hope. He is our only strong tower. And so we can learn this from Hannah that no matter what we face, that God will never change. Circumstances may change. Situations may change. But God will never change. And the thing that we learn from is when we see Hannah running to the Lord, this is not something that she did only one time. This is not something that Hannah just did as a, as a one and done. This thing is hard, so I'm just gonna run to God this one time. The Bible says that she continued praying in the Lord's presence. That word continued is very important because that word continued translate, it became many or became numerous. So that lets us know two things. Number one, she always knew where to run when circumstances were tough. But it also lets us know that when she ran to God with this hurt, with this, this frustration, with this anger, that God just didn't immediately answer the prayer and it was one and done. We know that maybe you're gonna see in a minute that, that, that she would be led to some relief. She would be led to some peace. But throughout time, we realized that those circumstances continued to remind her. So she continued to wrestle with this discouragement, with this frustration. But every time, Hannah knew exactly where to run. So we have to realize and go ahead and be okay with the idea that just because you run to God one time doesn't mean that everything gets better. We've gotta to continue to run to him time and time and time again. So we've gotta stay continually going to him with what we have. She knew where to run. Do you know where to run? The second thing that I want us to learn from the life of Hannah is one that we don't talk about a lot. Is that when she ran to God, she was honest with God. She was honest honest with God. And I want us to take just a second to realize just how honest she was. If you look at verses 15 and 16, you, you see how honest she was with God. The very first thing we see her say is that she says, I'm a woman with a broken heart. I'm a woman with a broken heart. And we know that she was broken for many different reasons. But she tells God, God, I'm hurting. I'm a broken woman today. But then in verse 15, we keep reading and it says that she was pouring out her heart. When you look at that phrase, pouring out, it literally means exactly what it says. It means to spill everything, to lay it all out there. So she ran to God. She told God she had a broken heart and she just laid it all at his feet. She didn't try to, to leave any stone uncovered. She just poured everything out in the presence of God. She let God know exactly how she was feeling. She let God know the things that were hurting her. She let God know the frustrations that she was feeling. She let God know the discouragement that she had. But then in verse 16, we continue to see, she prayed with anguish 
and resentment. Like there was no holding back in her conversation with God. She was completely honest with God. How many of us have been taught that you can't get angry with God, you can't ask questions to God, but the reality is, is we see Hannah living this out. How many of you have just been in that situation where life just continues to throw jabs, throws punches, but there's a part of you that feels like you just can't be honest with God because if I'm honest with God, if I really tell God how bad I'm hurting, how discouraged I am, how frustrated with I am, well, he may just slap me on the wrist. He may punish me. He may do this or he may do that. That is what is so encouraging about Hannah is that she poured it all out as a result of understanding that God's love for her was not based off her emotions that God's love for her never changed. God's love for her did not change because she was in anguish, because she was frustrated, because she didn't understand what was going on. The Bible says that she poured it all out. And what is so encouraging to me is that I can see this example and know that because of God's love for me, I can be completely honest with him. For all of you this morning, understanding God's love for you, that his love for you is not based off your emotions. His love for you is not based off how you respond to circumstances. His love for you is what it is. He loves you and it is uncircumstantial. And as a result of that, we know that we can be honest with God and not live in fear that God's gonna be angry with me if I profess that I'm angry with him. That's something that you don't hear a lot. And I can honestly tell you that some of the sweetest times that I can speak of personally was when I have personally gone to God in very similar circumstances that Hannah, being discouraged, being frustrated, being angry, and honestly just laying it all out there and say, God, I'm mad. I don't understand this. God, my heart is broken. God, I am frustrated. And can I tell you one of the sweetest times in life is that when I've been honest with God to that capacity and then all of a sudden, a peace that passes all understanding overwhelms me. Could it be that God is sitting there going, you know what? Thank you, my child, for trusting my love that much. that you know, my child, that you can be completely honest with me and I'm still gonna love you. Because you know, that's not the world we live in. I'm one of the world's worst on having those hard conversations. Because a lot of times in those hard conversations, it causes for us to be very transparent, very open, and to pour it all out. And a lot of reason, the reason that we hesitate, the reason that we're slow to do that is because we realize that in the human mind, what happens a lot of times is that that person we're being honest with, that person that we're being upfront with, as a result of that honesty, they turn their back on us. They get angry with us. They get frustrated with us. 
But what we have to realize is God's love is not like man's love. And so God, what we see through Hannah, God just has a desire for his children to be honest with him. The truth of the matter is he knows it anyway, but there's just something about us verbalizing it. We're not catching God, God, God off guard. You do know that. I can remember in hospital rooms when I had been angry with God. I didn't tell God, God, I'm mad at you. I don't understand this. And God go, what? You're mad at me? You know what he did instead? I know you are my son, but you gotta trust me. It's okay that you're mad at me. It's okay that you're discouraged because my love for you is never changing. And can I tell you that there was a peace that did not make sense? So some of the sweetest times that I've walked with the Lord is just when I've done exactly what Hannah did and poured it all out. Just be honest with God. But what's sweet is we see that that was the result of Hannah when she was honest with God. Look at what the very end of verse 18 says. It says, so the woman went her way and she ate and her face was no longer sad. Her face was no longer sad. Now, what you have to realize is this is really what we forget to a lot of times. The Bible says she's no longer sad, which meant that, that God had placed a peace and a, and, a, and a comfort over her that she could not understand. But here's the, here's the thing that we have to make sure we pay attention to. Hannah's circumstances had not changed. Hannah was still unable to have a child. But as a result of the presence of God, the Bible says when she was honest, the presence of God came on her. And as a result of God's presence, she was no longer sad. She was overwhelmed with peace. It wasn't because God answered her prayer immediately. And that's something that we can't, we can't just skip over this. Her circumstances had not changed but her perspective did. Her circumstances didn't change, but her perspective did. She was still in the storm. She probably still wrestled with these emotions of being angry and frustrated and discouraged. But when she let God know that, when she informed God of how she was truly feeling, a peace came over her according to the Bible and it says that she was no longer sad. She was no longer sad. But it's so unbelievable knowing that even though the circumstances had not changed, God had supernaturally poured his peace out over her. And that doesn't make sense a lot of times. And that leads us to the third point today. That as a result of God pouring his, his peace out over Hannah, what we see in verse 13 is that Hannah, listen to me, this is the third one, that Hannah was faithful to worship through the tough seasons. Hannah was faithful to worship through the tough seasons. And we see that at the very beginning of first, the first part of verse 19. Then they arose, talking about her and her husband, they arose early in the morning and they worshiped before the Lord. 
You know, they worshiped the Lord even though the circumstances had not changed. Even though she was still at a place where she was unable to have a child, God's peace had come over her and she still had a heart of worship and trusting God. And the Bible says that she worshiped him. Remember, she's laid it all out there. She's let God know exactly how she's feeling, how discouraged, then all of a sudden God's peace comes over her. And as a result of that, she still found the heart to worship. That word worship right here means to bow down. It means to fall in a posture of humility, a posture of submission. And so I can only imagine this, this prayer and this worship of Hannah and what it looked like. It probably sounded something similar to God. I don't understand this. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm frustrated. But God, I know your love for me. And as a result of your love for me, I'm gonna keep trusting you. I'm gonna keep trusting you. And even in her flesh, she probably wrestled. There was parts of her flesh. I don't wanna trust you. I want this fixed now. God, I want you to move how I want you to move. But God, even though you're not performing that way, God, I'm gonna keep trusting you. I'm gonna keep leaning on you. And God, as a result, I'm trusting you for who you are. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a believer in the room today, a follower of Jesus Christ, that you need to hear that today. That you're in a season right now that, that it just seems like every time you turn around, things continue to fall apart. Things continue to get tougher. Things at home are a mess. Things at work are a mess. Maybe it's a child that is living in sin and you're so frustrated, you're so discouraged. What you need to do today is be modeling things after this life of Hannah and say, God, I don't understand this. God, I'm so frustrated. God, I'm so angry. But God, I'm gonna do exactly what Hannah did and I'm gonna fall on my face in submission to you. And even though I don't understand it, God, I'm gonna keep worshiping you and I'm gonna keep trusting you. But God, you're gonna have to give me the strength to do it because my flesh don't want to. My flesh is having a hard time. So God, I'm gonna have to lean on you today. There's a believer in the room today. You need to find courage to have the heart of Hannah and keep worshiping God through this tough season. And look, this goes back to that honesty thing. If you're sitting here this morning, you say, well, I just don't feel like worshiping God today. Just tell him. Just tell him. God, I don't feel like trusting you today. God, I don't feel like worshiping you today. And what you're gonna begin to realize is that's when the peace that passes all understanding because the father's going, hey, you know what? As my child, you're beginning to trust my love now because you know you can be honest with me. And my love for you isn't gonna change. So as a follower of Christ today, as a believer in the room today, maybe you just need to bow on your knees and be honest with him. And you just need to say, God, I'm gonna try to trust you like Hannah did. But maybe today you're here and you don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. You, you don't know God as a result of never placing your faith in the finished work of what Christ has done for you. 
And maybe right now you're in a situation, in a circumstance, you feel there's no way out. You feel there's no hope. And maybe as a result of the lifestyle that you're living, you say, there's no way that this God you're talking about who has unconditional love, there's no way he can love me because of the life that I live. All I can tell you is try. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You too, just like Hannah, be honest with God. You fall on your face in the presence of God and say, God, there's this little short guy up there telling me you love me unconditionally. And God, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But God, today I'm broken. I'm hopeless. And God, I've heard it for years that if I'll just trust you, that you'll save me, that you'll give me a peace that passes all understanding. Be honest with God. Lay it all out there today. Call on his name. And can I tell you, there's nothing that you have done that will make him love you less. And there's nothing you're gonna do that'll make you love, me, love him more. He loves you right where you are. That's the very reason he died. Knowing that you would be living the life that you live. Isn't that mind-blowing? That the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ died for your current condition. And maybe today as an unbeliever, you need to fall on your face. Be honest with him. Call on his name because the Bible also tells you that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter your circumstances. It doesn't matter the life that you're living. But as the Holy Spirit draws you to himself, you just repent. Change your mind is literally what that means. And turn and trust him. And you too will experience the very same peace that Hannah's talking about. So this morning, are you gonna continue to worship him through the tough times? And then the fourth point that we wanna mention this morning is here's one we overlook a lot. Don't forget to worship him through the victories. Don't forget to worship him through the victories. Have you ever noticed how quickly we turn to him when, when we're desperate? Have you ever noticed, I mean, you can see it all the time that when, when people face tragedy, even when our nation faces tragedy, what does it do? It's this great awakening moment of now we've gotta to run to God. But what we have to realize, what we've gotta get back to is don't let it require desperation to lead us to a place to turn back to God. Because what happens a lot of times when we get comfortable when we begin to experience victories, maybe when God answers the miraculous, maybe when God makes a move in our life, we very quickly forget who it was that moved. We get so overwhelmed with the blessing that we forget who blessed us with the blessing. We forget who gave us the victory. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I, my mind begins to forget who the blessing is from, I can quickly get very self-reliant. 
And when I begin to rely on myself, it usually leads to disaster. So don't forget to worship him in the victory. Hannah gave credit where credit was due because as we shared a moment ago, she had asked God to give her a child and God had gave her a child. So in that victory, her victory was the fact that she was now gonna give birth to a, to a little boy. But what I love about Hannah's heart is she very quickly acknowledged where that blessing came from. We see that in verse 20. And it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. She very quickly was reminded of where this blessing came from. She very quickly was reminded of who this gift came from. But not only did she thank God for this blessing, not only did she continue to worship God through this victory, but we also see that she knew how to steward the victory. She knew what to do with this victory that God had entrusted her with. Look at verses 26 and 28. Verses 26 through 28 is the passage that we just read a moment ago talking to parents on stage. It says that she said, oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition which I have asked of him. And so I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And it goes on to say, and he worshiped the Lord from there. You see, at the end of the day, the very reason that God blessed Hannah with this little boy named Samuel was for his glory, was for his honor. Because he knew Hannah's heart and he said, if I will give this lady the petition of her heart, I know that she's gonna steward what I'm giving her so that my name will receive glory, so that my name will receive honor. And so the question that I ask all of us in the room today is, is what has God given you so that he receives glory? What has God given you? What victory has God allowed you to experience so that he will get the glory? If you're a follower of Christ today, he's given you salvation. So the question is, is what are you doing with that salvation? Are you celebrating it? Are you walking in it? Are you sharing it with others? Are you telling people about this salvation, this victory that God has given you? What are you doing with your salvation? What victory has God entrusted you with so that he will receive glory? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a talent that God has given you. Maybe it's something that he's placed in your hands that he's given you so that he will be made famous. But are you holding it tight? 
Are you saying, God, here's the blessing that I have and I know that it's from you. So God, today, I'm just giving it back to you. I'm giving you the very gift that you've given me. I'm giving it back to you so that you can use it for your glory, so that you can use it for your honor. And in regards to to Mother's Day today, that would be the question that I would ask all the parents. Have you given your child back to the Lord? Have we said, God, this is your blessing for me? This is the blessing that you've given me, that you've entrusted me. And God, I know that this victory is from you. And because I know that it's from you and I know you've given me this gift to bring your name glory. And so God, today, here's my child. Here's my Abraham and Isaac moment. I'm gonna place my Isaac on the altar and say, God, this is my child. This is my blessing. You do with it what you please. And as a parent, just to be real transparent, that's a hard prayer to pray. It's because a lot of times as mom and dads, we think we know best. We think we know all the right things. We think we know all of the future that we want for our children. But at the end of the day, they're God's anyway. And God's entrusted us to steward them, meaning we gotta be open-handed with our kids. And as a dad, that's, that's, That's a hard thing to do. You know, it's one thing to have to trust God with your your sons, but it's a whole nother thing to trust God with a little girl. That's just just the wiring in a man, I guess. Because as a dad for your daughter, you wanna protect. You wanna insulate. But I know that as my responsibility as a father to sons and daughters is to say, God, I don't know what their future looks like. But God, don't let me get in the way of how you wanna use them. God, don't let me get in the way You know, I heard a guy say one time that he wants to be that dad that when his child comes to him and says, hey, God's called me to to foreign missions. Because I believe that's probably something I'm gonna have to answer and deal with one day. And my flesh is gonna say, hey, wait a minute, you sure that's from the Lord? Because, you know, baby, there's nothing sweeter than you just staying in Brazos and around daddy. (laughs) But I know because God has entrusted me, that pastor said that he wants to be that pastor that beats his daughter to the bedroom and packs the bags for her. Because he realizes, God, you've entrusted me with this child and they're yours. They're yours. So moms and dads, are we, are we training them up? Are we pointing them to him? How are you leading them? Moms and dads, what if they 
reproduce you. Is that something that's honoring to the Lord? What if they replicate who you are? What if they replicate your habits? What if they replicate all of the things that they run, that you run to? Because you realize they're watching what you run to. They're acknowledging if you run to the Lord or if you're running to the things of the world. And nine times out of 10, what that child sees you run to, they too will run to. What example are we setting before them? And maybe today, maybe the, the way you begin to lead your child today is you grab them by the hand and you lean over and whisper in their ear, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't led you. And can I tell you, when you do that, guess what? You're leading them. You're leading them because now they're understanding. Hey, this is my mom. This is my dad who, who know they've not been perfect. But they're saying, I'm sorry. Are you doing what Hannah did? In verse 22. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, but then listen to this. Then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord. Are we taking our children to the presence of God? Are we leading our children in the presence of God? And listen to me. Bringing them to church is just one element of that. Are you leading them to the presence of God in your daily routines, in your daily habits? Because as a dad, I can honestly say that I got good days and bad days. There's days that I would have to answer that question, no. Today, I've not led them into the presence of God. But boy, I've led them into the presence of my flesh and I've made a mess. And so for that, I constantly have to tell my kids, I'm sorry that your daddy is a bonehead. I'm sorry that I've led you in my flesh today and not led you to the presence of God. And so the thing that all of us can learn from Hannah today is that number one, when circumstances are tough, nowhere to run. Run to him. But then when you run to him, be honest with him. Be honest with him when you run to him. Thirdly, just continue to worship when things don't change. When things are hard. And look, I know that, that Mother's Day is kind of a slippery slope, especially for me as I stand on stage, because I know that, that for mothers, this is sometimes a very celebratory day. But I also know that 
Mother's Day for many of you for different reasons could be a sad day. Maybe you can relate to Hannah in more ways than, than none of us in the fact that maybe in your, in your knowledge, you know, you know what? I want a child so bad, but I'm not able to yet for whatever reason. And maybe that's where you're at this morning is you can say, God, because of that, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. And today, God, I don't even wanna worship you because you know what I want so bad. I wish I could tell you the whys. I wish I could tell you the reasons behind it, but all I can do is point you to Jesus and say, I don't get it, but just trust him in spite of it. And I know that's hard to do. I know that's a difficult thing to do. But maybe today you just need to simply say, God, I'm gonna trust you. Even though I don't like it right now. Here's the encouraging thing. In that honesty, God will meet you right where you're at. His love for you doesn't change. So don't forget to worship him when things are tough. But then lastly, maybe you're walking in victory. Maybe you're, you're one of the, the many young parents that were on stage a moment ago and you're, you're holding in your mind what is this victory. Don't you ever forget where that victory came from. Worship him in your victory. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. 
and that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.